Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. Lord, we ask that as we look at your word, you would encourage us, you would strengthen us. And most of all, Lord, that you would make us fit and enabled servants for you in these last days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And we have several items to your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Romans chapter 14. That'll probably be where we'll spend most uh, of our time tonight. And uh, every once in a while, I, I don't think I even do this every year, but just kind of felt like this year would not hurt for us to have a little review. And uh, the title for tonight's message is simply, Why I Celebrate Christmas. And uh, there's an awful lot of things that didn't happen on Christmas. Number one, Jesus wasn't born. Uh, he was not born at Christmas time. Uh, the wise men did not show up at the manger. Uh, they came two years later to a house in Bethlehem, and Jesus was a little child when the wise men uh, showed up. Um, this is a big one. You're not doing God a favor by showing up at church on Christmas and Easter, or vice versa, all right? Uh, I've met some people and, uh, and, well, at least I go Christmas and Easter. I want to go whoop-dee-doo. Uh, God is so impressed that you would take two Sundays a year and, and acknowledge that He exists. Um, yes, some of the traditions that uh, deal with Christmas do have pagan origins, and covetousness is never a good thing. The, the Christ, uh, uh, materialism or um, whatever they call that when you shop too much, uh, going into debt, trying to impress people, all of those things that happen around the holiday season, th- those are not necessarily good. Um, and so we want to understand a few things. Yes, the Bible does have some answers, and we're going to look at several verses. But one of the first things I think that just needs to be said on occasion, one of the reasons why I enjoy celebrating Christmas is because it upsets the atheist. And it gets the uh, ACLU. Uh, all in a tither and they're trying to get rid of manger scenes. Why would I want to agree with the ACLU about anything? Hello? I mean, we just need to... Uh, if, if we can just kindly, compassionately stick our finger in their eye once a year, please do so. Amen? Uh let them be reminded, besides, who is the biggest group that call themselves Christians that hate Christmas? Jehovah. Our friendly neighborhood, Jehovah's Sicknesses. We're the only two groups that pass out tracts in a story. Jehovah's Witnesses and our church is about it. Every once in a while, we get a group up from... Um, Evangel Church, it'll pass out some tracts, and then there's some very smaller uh, language churches that will pass out tracts. But, I mean, on a wholesale scale, uh, it's Jehovah's Witnesses and us in our neighborhood, 
And guess how they can know we're not Jehovah's Witnesses? Merry Christmas! And give them a track. Uh, you know what? You can enjoy Christmas and still be a Christian. You can enjoy life. And if there's anything that the Bible does teach us, it is the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I've met too many people who call themselves Christians who are striving to do right, and I'm sure that their motives and their ideas come from a a desire to live a pure Christian life. They'll just sit there with folded arms and look like Ebenezer Scrooge. You know, not not telling. Christmas is pagan. It's materialistic. It's it's commercial. It's and where's the joy in that, my friend? There, there is none. Now, I, I we will get on to some of these things. There, we have to be careful. If all your kid is at Christmas time is gimme, 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 gimme. If they start writing their Christmas list in the middle of July, uh, every once in a while one of mine come up and they'll say, Dad, I know what I want for Christmas. It's April. I'm not talking about Christmas until Christmas gets here. Uh, It doesn't hurt to... Use it as a training thing. But listen, if I can make the atheist upset by reminding them of how small a minority they are, please, let's celebrate Christmas. Amen? And on the other hand, not to just be sticking my finger in people's eyes or being... uh, 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 offensive in one sort. But if I can remind our Catholics and Orthodox and other religionists that Jesus wasn't born on Christmas, that all these traditions, uh, God is no more pleased with you when you show up on Christmas Sunday than He is when you show up on any Sunday. You see, God wants our worship to be all the year through. What is the one thing people say? Oh, I wish the spirit of Christmas could be all the year through. How many of you have heard that? I mean, it's everywhere. Well, why not tell them? Hey, at our church, it actually is. We had Christmas in July this year. Do you remember that? And we sang the Christmas carols in July and we turned the air conditioner up on high and and tried to pretend it was a little chilly that night. And, And just, you know why you do things like that? Because there's a smile on everybody's face in this auditorium. That's why you do things like that. Because God wants us to have fun And if I can stick my finger in the ACLU, I'm going to have a little more fun. Now, you call that flesh if you want, but uh, uh, I'm just going to do that. If we can upset the people who think they own or do not own the holiday, you know what? We're doing a good thing now, aren't we? But 
Let me just read one verse. Andrew talked about this in Sunday school and it came to mind. Second Chronicles 19.2 And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him, Jehoshaphat, and said unto King Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? And that thought just came to me as I was thinking, I'm not holding hands with all these people who are against Christmas. And by the way, if you can't write out Christmas... Don't put Xmas. Don't, don't do that. If you're going to leave anything out, leave the Mass on the end off, not the, not the Christ at the beginning. Amen? And, and so, uh, that, that, is just, that is just my attitude toward the holiday a little bit there. But I, I do want you to understand. Be careful that in your stand to try to be pure from the tainting of this world, that you're not holding hands with people who hate God. And, and that, that's where we start. But I hope you went to Romans chapter 14, because this is the passage that deals the most with these kinds of things. Um, verse 1 says, him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. Can I say it this way? Don't we have better things to argue about and fight about than whether we ought to celebrate Christmas or not? Aren't there more important things on the agenda let me ask you a question. How many of you have struggled to be obedient to God this week since Sunday? Would you raise a hand? Oh, that's what we're interested in. Amen? That's what we're trying to do. That's where we our energy and our effort needs to be uh, directed because here... We, we have some problems that were going on in the church here. It says, For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Um, and we've, we've had people, uh, I can think of at least one person who left, left our church because we served meat at, at some of our uh, church dinners. And, and I'm sitting there going, Well, if that's where you are, uh, I'm very sorry. Uh, but you can't find Bible that backs that up. Uh, you see, you can sit there and try to live your own little set of rules. That's not what church is about. What we're here about is trying to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Trying to encourage one another in the struggle. If you just have a problem with Christmas, don't celebrate it. Look at, the, look at what the Bible says right here. It talks about eating things. Verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another, and another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord. For he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks, for none of us liveth to himself, 
and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die therefore, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Here's the thing. It's not that this tradition is that and this tradition is this and that is this. And, and What the issue is, is are you taking it upon yourself to determine what's right and wrong in everyone else's lives? Now, we're not talking about smoking, drinking, watching bad television or, or movies or or filling ourselves with the world and or dressing in 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 ways that would not be pleasing to the Lord. Those those are very simple things. We understand. What we're talking about here is sometimes we get people who take it upon themselves to straighten everybody else out. You ever known anybody like that? That's not a helpful thing now, is it? Because who needs more straightening out than anybody else you know? You do. Amen? Uh, isn't your plate full with taking care of your life? Yes, it is. That's what this passage is talking about. Now, I, I personally, mistletoe, I, I do not care for that tradition. I don't need an excuse to kiss my wife, all right? Uh, uh, if, if you do, you need to get some other things right. Amen? Uh, that, that is a tradition that's steeped in paganism. Most of the rest of them, you have to look up in, in a history book to find them. You see, a Christmas tree used to be a pagan thing. But how many of you think when you think of a Christmas tree, you think of a tree that doesn't change and doesn't drop its leaves and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's an evergreen tree and we worship the ever-risen and ever-living Lord. The lights on the Christmas tree, that's not too hard to figure out. Uh, even God put a star in Bethlehem sky for two years. Amen. And uh, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And what is the biggest tradition at Christmas time? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Do you know that almost every religion in the world copies us at Christmas time? Hanukkah began as a celebration of light. It was uh, about a hundred or almost two hundred years before Jesus was born. Uh, the temple was taken back from the Greeks. It had been desecrated by the, uh, the Greek ruler Antiochus Epiphanes. And uh, the Maccabees literally by force killed the, the uh, 
the, the Grecian guards and moved everybody out of there. They were actually Syrians more than they were anything else. And, and drove them out of the temple, rededicated the temple, and they only had enough oil to light the lamps for one night. And they had no way of getting any more for several days, and yet they put that oil in, and the, the tradition is the lamps burn for eight days on one day's oil. And that's why they celebrate Hanukkah. But you know, if you look today at the Hanukkah, because it's always right around Christmas time, you're supposed to get a present on the first day and give a bigger present on the second day and a bigger present on... Where did they get this present-giving thing? It had nothing to do with the original celebration. They stole it from us. And every imitation, Kwanzaa, that is Christmas for somebody who's ashamed to admit that they want Christmas. But what do they do? They give presents. You ever thought about that? They're copying us. And of course, the greatest giver is God himself. Amen? And we need to be careful. Do not just... Um, Allow the materialism and all of that of the holiday to spoil it. Do you know there is an art to giving? And we've talked about this many, many times. The, uh, God wants us, we have a duty as Christians to give, do we not? But does God just want us giving? It says, give not grudgingly or of necessity. There, there is an art to giving. You know, some people, they just give. There it is. I gave it. I hope you like it. It's what you said. There it is. Uh, but then there are some people who make such an incredible deal that you just felt like you were taken downtown in a luxury limousine and all you got was a roll of lightsabers. You ever met anybody like that that knows how to give? There, there's an art form to it. There's, there's some beauty and there's some love in there. We, we try to teach our children to give at Christmas time. And, and I'll tell you what, it's a wonderful thing when you learn how to give. How many of you know why Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's because if you're giving something, you have something to give. That means God has blessed you with enough that you have something to give. Pray that God would work in your life in the art of giving. But could I say this? How many of us, don't raise your hands right now, but I'll, I'll tell you, my hand goes up I'm, as I begin to think about this. How many of us could use some work in the art of receiving? You know, sometimes it's hard. It's easy to give things. You know why we like giving things? Because we're in control. When you're receiving things... Someone else is in control now, aren't they? And 
You need to learn how to receive. You know, we have a lot of Christians that have understood the gospel and truly got saved, but they're still working off their salvation. You know what? That's not pleasing to God, now is it? God gave us eternal life so that we could be free to live for Him. Amen? And Christmas time is a time to practice the art of giving, yes. And and that doesn't make mean that you make inappropriate gifts and, and try to make a big deal. Uh, that, that doesn't work. But we try to give properly and with the right spirit and with the right heart. And I will tell you, even the smallest of gifts can become extraordinary. Can I tell you one of my... Uh, Christmas stories. I don't know, even know where I picked this up, but and you've probably heard it before, but it was closing in on Christmas Eve and things, pressure was building in the household there and uh, the father had put, a, put aside a roll of rather more expensive wrapping paper for a special gift and he couldn't find it. And he began to search for the house and His little daughter, probably four or five years old, had taken that expensive roll of wrapping paper and had kind of mutilated it and messed it up and was trying to wrap a little box using enough paper to wrap ten little boxes. And Dad snapped. He just said, who got so much to do, and here you are, you're ruining my paper. And she began to cry. And she said, Daddy, I was wrapping a present for you. Do you want it? And so, now none of you do this. This is, our, this is my story, all right? He opened the box, and guess what was inside? Nothing. Then he lost it. He had a daddy meltdown. He said, there's nothing in the box. She said, it's full. Daddy, I filled it with kisses for you. And the story is that he kept that box on his desk at work for many years. Reaching in. You see, there's, there's an art giving and an art to receiving and we as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ need to exercise ourselves and I can't think of a better time to try than Christmas time so instead of sitting around judging let us make our traditions And the things that we do at this time of year, pleasing unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Be confident. Christmas is not a spiritual holiday for me. It's a family holiday. You know what? It's a time when we as a church can get together and take some extra time 
I, I like our Christmas Eve service. This year, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. And so we're going to have a 6 p.m. Christmas Eve service. Why? Because we're not changing our schedule just for Christmas. We, we don't change it for the Super Bowl. We don't change it for the 4th of July. We, we're not going to just... It's Christmas Eve. Hey, there we go. We'll just... But we're going to do some special things. And, and uh, we've got some extra family members who are going to be around for Christmas this year. And uh, try to do, make it a special service. I would encourage you. Not a better place to start your Christmas celebration than at church together with God's people. And it's an opportunity to bring your friends and to let them know, hey, we celebrate Christmas the Bible way. Well, how do you do that? Well, come and see. Amen? And just invite them to to be there. One of the things that you can do is work on making some special memories for you and your children. You know what memories do? They encourage you when things right now aren't going very well. Hello? So take some opportunity and make some good Memories, if you can, and enjoy that time. Work on giving. Work on receiving. And you gain nothing by playing Ebenezer Scrooge. Amen? Amen? And so... Now, there are certain holidays we ignore around here. You're not missing anything by ignoring Halloween. Except nightmares and, and worshiping the devil and all that kind of... You, but at Christmas time, even the world stops and acknowledges... I, I like walking down Steinway Street. Every once in a while, they actually play a real Christmas carol. And, and you'll hear, Joy to the World, and O Little Town of Bethlehem, and O Come All Ye Faithful, and... Man, when one of those comes on, I sing right along with it. I don't sing very good, but I'm good enough for Steinway Street. How about you? And and so, uh, let's enjoy this time. Now, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. And if there's any reason why... I enjoy Christmas... It it is because of this verse right here. Now, we start in verse 1 of chapter 1 to set the context. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. And it talks about Jesus and how that He is the very glory of God. If you want to know about God, study Jesus Christ. That's what this passage is telling us. But look at verse 6. And again, when He bringeth in the first begotten into the world, He saith, 
and let all the angels of God worship him. You know what? The Bible has been very careful to keep us from understanding exactly what day of the year Jesus was born. There is no way that you can open your Bible and find out. It was either uh, early September, late October, I mean, early sep- er, late September, early October, which probably wasn't the best thing that we know. It was probably late March or early April, uh, when Jesus was actually born. Right right there in those two time periods, according to the Jewish calendar, it kind of just fits in. Uh, that's the best we can tell. But when Jesus was born, here's what God said, let all the angels of God worship Him. How many of you remember the story of the shepherds? Could you imagine... The fear, as they saw that angel in the middle of the night standing there and giving them the answer to all the prophecies of all the Bible. And if you stick around here very long, you'll hear the story. I I tell it several times every Christmas season. I believe those shepherds were the, the temple shepherds keeping the sacrificial flocks which they would have kept right there uh, in Bethlehem, a place that was not that far from Jerusalem that would allow the size flocks that the temple needed to keep. They tell us uh, in those days, uh, before Jerusalem was destroyed, it would take 100,000 lambs to get through Passover. Where do you get 100,000 lambs if you don't have 100,000 mamas to give them birth? I mean, you are talking some massive flocks of sheep. Jerusalem's on top of a mountain. They don't keep sheep in Jerusalem. But if you'll study your Bible, they were keeping sheep at Migdal Eder, which is just outside Bethlehem, centuries before Abraham left Haran and moved into uh, Canaan. And uh, the the Bible tells us that that is one of the best places. It's well known in the Bible, and history tells us it's one of the best places in that part of the world to take care of sheep. So it's interesting that all those things come together. And God said, let all the angels of God worship him. You read Revelation chapter 4 and 5. All the angels of God are worshiping him that is worthy to take the book out of the hand of him that sits upon the throne. Amen? They're worshiping the lamb that was slain. The only time in all of history where God opened that door for us to get just a little peek what eternity is going to be like was the night that Jesus was born when he allowed all those angels to transverse the distance between man and God and stand there uh, above the plains of Bethlehem and sing praises, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. And I'll tell you this, that message has never grown old. 
and never will grow old. Because we need God's goodwill to us. And that is the only source of peace and goodwill to other men is what we get from God. Can we say amen to that? And can we ask God to give us a special season of passing out tracts that we would pray for opportunities to tell others. If you meet a gainsayer and they start talking about how horrible Christmas is, just read them Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6. When he brought his first begotten into the world, he said, let all the angels of God worship him. If God did that, I don't think he's upset if we celebrate Christmas at the wrong time of the year. Amen? And let's have the joy that God wants us to have every day. And just one thought, and I tell people this, if you're not going to make a little extra time for Jesus at Christmas, when are you going to do it? Probably never. So why don't you make a little extra time and come with me to church this year? Amen? And let people know. I'm not going to hold hands with the ACLU or the Jehovah's Witnesses or any of the other religionists that are out there. I don't have time to sit around determining what's right and what's wrong for everybody other than what the Bible clearly states. And we work on that every day of the year, every week of the year as a church. Amen? But I want to make some good memories. I want to make some fun time. I want to work on the art of giving. Christmas is a great time to do that. But don't forget about the art of receiving. You know, make people glad they gave you something. Amen? And God took time to send the choirs of heaven to worship the newborn king. Sing the songs like you mean them. Some beautiful words in many of those Christmas songs that just have some real meaning to them. And so let's pledge ourselves to serve the Lord and we won't be detracted by the gainsayers or by the religionizers, if we can put that word in there. We're just going to serve the Lord. If you read all the way down to the end of chapter 14 in the book of Romans, it says, For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And if there's anything that we don't need to add to the Christmas celebration, it's that. Amen? Let us be convinced in our hearts that we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time together tonight. Lord, we ask that You would encourage us as individuals and Lord, as a church to enjoy, to have joy at this time of year. And and not to just let that joy be attached to this season, 
but let it be attached to our Savior. And then it will carry us all the year through. Help us to be mindful of opportunities to share the message of the babe of Bethlehem, of our risen Savior, with the world in which we live. Lord, we pray that you would give us opportunities and boldness to speak to friends and family. And Lord, those that think they're doing their part by showing up at Christmas, that Lord, we'd be that negative reminder that that does not impress you. You want us to serve you 365 days a year. Lord, help us to be real. And Lord, help us to enjoy our time together. As a church, in our families, bless us with the ability to give. And Lord, that means we need, some of us need employment and others need just special blessings in, in their lives to be able to give. But Lord, help us to receive. And never let us forget the greatest gift that could ever be given is your salvation. And Lord, let us live in the joy of receiving that greatest gift ever given. Help us, Lord. In your name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, we'll just have the piano playing.